Hey, hi, hello. Welcome back to Into the Studio, where we just shove queer content in your face. I'm Matt. I'm Nylon. And today we are going to talk about Bex Taylor Klaus. Oh my god, I love Bex so much. <laughs> um, if, if you are not familiar with him, Bex is most prominently known as Pidge from Voltron the last the the what defender Voltron the legendary defender. the legendary defender not the last defenders I don't know what to say to that um anyway I mean, technically they're the last ones too <laughs> yeah I mean Bex has been in a lot so you'll probably recognize them from a couple of titles mm. or hopefully um you will but you will yeah so let's just let's we'll get there let's dive into bex's life a little bit so bex is originally from georgia and oh, they yeah. eventually moved to la to pursue acting in mid 2012 mm -hmm. so in uh 2013 they secured the main role of bullet in the show the killing which i think was like their big like first official show you're good. Within the, within the same year, Bex also scored the re reoccurring role of Sin in the TV show Arrow, and that aired from like 2013 to 2019. So. Yes. In uh, 2014, they were in House of Lies for the role of Lex. They were in Longmire for the role of Vivian, and they were also in Robot Chicken for a couple of voice acting roles. Which, by the way, there's a misprint. We talked about this in the episode. They didn't play Hermione Granger. <laughs> yeah, no, they didn't. <laughs> it's, it's listed as Hermione Granger. That's the only thing I could find is that they were Hermione Granger because I didn't see the episode. I don't watch Robert Chicken. Yes. In 2015, <laughs> uh, they were in The Social Experiment, the role of Lena. In The Librarians, they were the role of Amy Meyer. In Glee, they were the role of Goth Girl. And in iZombie, they were the role of Teresa Giovanni. Mm. They were also recently, recently as in 2015 to 2016, in Scream, like the television series, like not not the movies, but still iconic. <laughs> 2015, it seems so far away. Mm -hmm. um, but some of the some of the films that they were in, I know, got cut off. So yeah, uh, we're talking about mental intervention. Last scene, the night is ours. Riley, the last witch hunter, Hellfest, disincarnate, dumpling, blackbird. Really yeah. Um, Bex was also in iZombie in two episodes. Um, I've never seen iZombie. <laughs> I have. I didn't like it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's not really a trace of, like, Bex's character. Um, if you, like, search the iZombie IMDB or anything like that, like, it's just hard to find. Um, but yeah, the they were also on Thirteen Reasons Why, which has its own controversies tied to it, um, with like whether or not that the series was glorifying suicide and like just like there's a whole bunch of like stuff that just exploded um, in the either Thirteen Reasons Why fandom or like people who are viewing it outside the fandom, mm -hmm. um, and it was it was a lot of uh, internet flame wars, a lot, and there, there's still internet flame wars about it. To be fair, yeah. Um, Bex was present in season three. I don't think I have watched season three. I don't think I've read the book, so mm -hmm. I I have that knowledge. But um, and you said the you said the book was a lot better. It was a lot in my opinion. Yeah. I've only seen season one. I think, um, but and that's when I just decided to read the book because I was like, I want to see how it matches up. This mm -hmm. was back when like season one was only the only season, um, and yeah, I think the book is a little better. Yeah, I um, think I think Thirteen Reasons Why overall comes across as very much so like 
let me get revenge in my death for the people who like wronged me while I was alive, which is like, sure it mirrors a lot of people's experience, but like, I don't think they handled it in a very respectful way. <laughs> so I'm not a fan. I think I think it could have been a lot better. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's the absolute worst thing in media that portrays suicide because I've seen mm. a lot. Um, but yeah. Mm. Some critiques I also have on the character they had Bex play, or the one the character Bex got, is like they have her as like a very much so like, like the petite pixie cut SJW stereotype, and more of like a, a character to like make a talking point with, which is like unfortunate, I guess. I don't know if there's any other trans people on this show, but like, it, what are you doing, uh, casting office of Thirteen Reasons Why? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't really to have an opinion on uh bex's character because i haven't really seen season three mm. um but this is just an episode for me to be angry at it <laughs> i just feel like the series as a whole could be a lot more tasteful about mm-hmm. suicide subjects especially because the book was so much better i recognize that the series has helped a lot of people because they've come out and said it but i just i think it could be a little more tasteful um not even tasteful just like done I don't know how done in a better way and that makes sense to my brain. Whatever. I didn't make it. It's already out there. It's whatever. Yeah. Um aside from like, you know, acting, Bex is also my friend. And so uh they've skated with me at our Boost Cruise. Shout out to Mm. Boost Cruise again. (laughs) Um, Second time. Literally (laughs) go to Boost Cruise. They also do like a bunch of D and D stuff. They play video games. I play Minecraft with them. They got like a bunch of hobbies, and it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we we talk a lot with Bex in this interview. So gear up and mm-hmm. get ready because that's where we're going. Yes. <laughs> Hi guys, welcome back. We are here with Bex, and also here with Matt. And me. Hi! <laughs> um, for the interview portion of Bex's episode, it's been a minute, so we're a little a little funky, I guess, today. <laughs> um, so, first question. With the new Scream movie coming out, there's been a lot of talk of people, like, really wanting, like, um, what is it? I, oh my god. <laughs> a crossover? No, 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 no. A mashup. No, no, no. I can't do this. I'm not helpful. A when, Like, in the way... No. A reference? Um, uh, all I can think of right now is Bojack Horseman. What is this? A crossover episode? <laughs> oh my god! No, when you have when you have someone from one thing or like the creator or something putting themselves into the show as like a little secret thing. Oh, uh, uh oh my god! Cameo Easter egg. Cameo. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, there yeah, we yeah. go. <laughs> that would have been very fun. <laughs> yeah. But unfortunately, after season two, we were. Um, the, 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 the cast of the show was, um, we were informed that we were no longer part of the franchise, um, and nobody has reached out, it, 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 as far as I know, no one has reached out to be, like, for cameos or, or anything else, um, I've, uh, I've essentially had n- no contact with, um, any of, anybody who, who's been part of Scream after, um, season three and onward. I, uh, um, I actually know RJ Seiler. He's absolutely phenomenal. And it was so fun to know that he was getting to be like the new screen dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know Jasmine Savoy and she's just the coolest. So it's, it's really <laughs> nice to have her in the new movie. It's, it's like excellent. Yes. People whose work is 
unparalleled in the in in the franchise that I was part of. Is you know it's always nice to be like oh you got really good people not just me. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just know there was a lot of people on like Reddit like talking about like oh my god what if you have that cameo I mean, what if like <laughs> you guys like were in the beginning of the episodes and you died like it's like a little that's, small that's thing. That's what I I still say that season three should have taken place in maybe not Lakewood but it should have started with all of the Lakewood six dying because mm. there was there was no connection and I know that all the responses I got from the fans were that it was pretty jarring not to have any of their storylines tied up. Um, but there's nothing I could do about that, so stop messaging me, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please. the actors don't have any power, guys. Oh my no. god, that's such a like big misconception that people always have. They think that the actors have like way more power than they do. It's me, the scriptwriter and editor that has all the power. We have, I do whatever the director says, guys. Yeah, we literally <laughs> read the lines, and that's it. Oh my god. Um, so next question, we're going to ask about Voltron. Voltron! That's one of the franchises that you are most known for. Mm-hmm. Um, no. Where's there's the whole, there's the whole jacket. The pidge, the pidge sweater uh, is, is hanging yeah, up right over there. there. Ah, oh. damn, <laughs> yes! See, this is why we re-recorded this, because now we get this. <laughs> this was a helmet made by Evil Ted. For me, I broke it nearly immediately. It had a visor, and it had an extra pad so that it wouldn't, like, drift. But I love it just the same. Broken it's so or not, great. It's so broken great. like I am. <laughs> so yeah, that Voltron was got really big, and that was a big voiceover role that you're known for. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you think that it affected your work moving forward? Since like you're both voiceover and like screen actor, it changed everything for me. I think that learning what I did in the booth on the job for all those years um, really helped me. Uh, moving forward. <laughs> um, I know it, it, it certainly helped me when I did Adventure Time, which I know you're going to ask about later. I'm sorry for bringing it up. Right? <laughs> oh my god, you broke the fourth wall. I Damn. did. I did. We, we've never recorded this episode before. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it really helped kind of moving forward because I learned so many things that there's no chance I would have learned by myself mm-hmm. or out of the booth. It was such a unique experience because as often as they could, they would have the cast in there together to record. Mm-hmm. So I got a chance to learn from these unbelievable voice actors. Like, truly, they've been doing this for decades. I mean, Josh Keaton alone taught me so much. I, 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 could, I could fill a book, and I would have to pay him royalties. So <laughs> yeah, I am... Um... I was gonna ask, which one do you like more? Do you think is there is there is there uh, even like competition between voice acting and on screen acting? They're both so different that it's it's hard to do like an either or. I want to do both forever. <laughs> like, it it actually um, doing voiceover for so long helped me with ADR, um, which I'm blanking. It's not additional dialogue recording. It's it's uh. <sighs> Something dialogue replacement? Yeah. Uh, automated dialogue replacement? I, I think? can't remember off the top of my head. Someone fact check me. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll have it over here. <laughs> the definition. <laughs> um, but it's, it's something that a lot of actors absolutely hate because we're so used to being in the moment, in the scene, and, and letting that take us where we need to go emotionally. And you can't do that in the booth when you're trying to match word perfect how you did it the first time with emotion. It's very hard. And what I learned on Voltron is there's a trap. 
when you do it the way that you authentically feel the emotion, it doesn't sound right. It, it doesn't sound good enough for, for, for a cartoon, for, for something that's solely living in the voice mode. But when you're acting, you have to do it realistically, otherwise it looks and sounds ridiculous. And so, in just the boy, the rabbits here. I know, I was watching them. <laughs> Hello! We'll put, Hi, them put them in the show. It's okay. <laughs> um, when it's just the voice and you're trying to match an emotional scene, you can make faces and do things that you never do. But it sounds good. looks mm-hmm. bad, but you don't have to care about that, because you're in a both. Is he yeah. trapped? He's fine. He's fine. He's vibing. He's just vibing in the corner. <laughs> He's going to go back in any minute. <laughs> He's a oh sassy little rabbit. Yes. He's so fluffy. Um... As far as voice acting goes, like, I know because I, um, like, especially when I'm taking voice acting classes, I have a tendency to be scared of going too big and looking ridiculous, but it's, like, so essential to, like, the voice sounding good as opposed to, like, acting, especially on screen acting. Whoa! Whoa! What did he get scared about? (laughs) Himself. He looked in the mirror. Amazing. But, uh... Sir, why are you stomping? Okay, we're good. (laughs) Um, or was it? Oh, uh, on screen acting. On screen, especially with on screen acting, because you have to be so like minimal and like emotions are like, eh, as opposed yeah. to voice acting, emotions are whoop. Yeah. So it's and very we'll... interesting to see the parallels. Mm. Yeah, and it's just to piggyback off that one thing that is really interesting to watch with an actor is a character feeling emotion but not being able to show it, and you can still perform that in voice, but. It's all with the voice. So your face will be doing silly things, and your body might even be doing silly things, but it doesn't matter. The only thing that is in your way is your own self telling Mm. you that you look stupid because we are taught don't look stupid. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's one of the things I really love about voiceover is, you know, roll out of bed, put on a onesie of some crazy character, roll into the booth and look silly for two hours. I love it. It's my favorite. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> I think voice acting would be fun. Take I think I, I'm, Right now. <laughs> listen, Jesse, I have to take full on acting glasses over again. Leave me alone. <laughs> but I think I think it's because um, on-screen acting is so much more visual. Like, mm-hmm. you ever see, like, the like the behind-the-scenes voice actors? And they're like, like it, that's my favorite thing. <laughs> I love that. We did a lot of, there was a lot of effort work in Ultron mm-hmm. because there's a lot of fighting. And the thing I learned is, like, Josh Keaton will fight with himself to make it sound good because, like, when you're just going fight with yourself, the movement of the body is not in it. And when your body moves, your voice changes. Mm-hmm. And when you're when the character's fighting, you really want to reflect that. So you look even sillier during fight scenes, like, oh, sort of thing. It's, it's very crazy. <laughs> Love it. It's imagine like two people mic'd up and like they're actually fighting each other, so they're like in the back of the booth, like <laughs> hands locked. I, I love, I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite things though is, and no, this is a little bit off topic. You're fine. Um, Stephen Young was recording remotely, and I was I got there early, and he was going a little bit through his time because what he was doing was just so cool. He had this sequence where uh, Keith is is. Um, fighting, 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 like, slams the thing, opens the airlock, and is trying not to get sucked out into space. And Steven didn't stop. 
Like, he started the fighting and went all the way through each beat of the fighting and all the way through every single effort, every single piece, including the ha, ha, and then as soon as he went flying and did the final sound, he stopped. But he went through this whole, like, minute sequence of just sounds without missing a single step. It was so cool. It was so cool. I was like, I want to be that cool one day. I love that so much. Um, Also, uh, just to reel in a little bit, um, you were in Robot Chicken. (laughs) (laughs) And apparently not as Hermione Granger. Correct. I was Misty, Bessie, and I think that's it. Um, But it's, it's, it's... It's funny because IMDb isn't always credited by the people who are part of it, but by fans who think they fans who recognize an actor and like want to fill it in. So I'm thinking that might be what happened. I, I think I don't know. I didn't voice her by name. (laughs) Sorry. So funny. (laughs) All of Vex's fans shattered, mind blown. (laughs) I feel like maybe I should go back and like ask, but I don't remember doing Hermione. I, I I. I do remember how awesome it was, though, the booth with all the colors, and they had the robot chicken photo booth, and I got to take a photo with Seth Green and Keegan-Michael Key, who were just two of, like, Seth Green I've been obsessed with since a kid, and Keegan-Michael, Keegan-Michael Key is just a god among men, so yes. it was just day. <laughs> yes! More, more voiceover stuff. Um, Adventure Time in the Distant Lands, how was that? That was so much fun. That one, I have a habit of, like, I'll do an audition and then I'll forget it. I'll brush it off and then and I'll let go of everything that I've done um, so that I don't harp on it and lose my mind whether or not I've gotten it. Yes. So when I got the call saying we booked it, I was like, awesome, what did I do? <laughs> what was this voice that I did? Oh, no. And so when I got in there on the first day, I, I had to ask them to play my audition track so I knew what they were, so I could remind myself the voice they were looking for that they liked. So for, fortunately, they did that. <laughs> they were very kind and very sweet, and they were like, absolutely. Um, and every time I would stray away, they would be like, all right, let's do it a little bit more like this. Um, the director and the showrunner were both really, really cool people. Hell yeah. And they even asked me to do the... Uh, uh, to moderate their panel for San Diego Comic-Con at home 2021, Ooh. which was my first time moderating. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yes. look, a new skill and something I like. <laughs> um, I was going to ask, uh, this isn't the first voice acting role you've scored for um, younger audiences or in, like, f- like, spe- like, because I know there's some people who watch Voltron and some people who watch The Avenger Times who are, like, my age. And older, uh, yeah. yeah and older. But they're more targeted towards younger audiences, or anticipated to be. Um, yeah, adolescents. At the, like, the adolescents, the land yes. Stuff. But, um... So I don't f- know. I think Distant Lands was targeted as much to the younger generation as mm-hmm. to the original guard of Adventure Time fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that it, makes sense. Yeah, I, I think... And I need I think to catch up. <laughs> that's... The mark of a of a wonderful show is mm-hmm. a show that may target an audience but has a wide audience but actually in actuality has like a wide range of age in right. their audience and that's that's Voltron that's Adventure Time that's mm-hmm. Distant Lands that's Robot Chicken actually <laughs> yeah. Robot Chicken is geared towards adults and kids yeah. sneak it don't tell your parents watching that. When, you're, when your TV's on at like 3 a.m. Oh my god, when you wake up to the George Lopez theme blaring. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Um, 
But I was going to ask, do you enjoy working on shows like that more than you do for more older or mature audiences? Um, like, are you enjoying the aspect of it being versatile with its oh, audience? Oh, I love, I love <laughs> the aspect of versatility. I, I have done a lot of drama, and it's a little bit more restrictive. Mm-hmm. Um, not just in terms of the audience, but in terms of um, myself being able to go back and repeatedly enjoy the project. Like... I'm, I'm a kid with depression, and I don't always want to you know, trigger myself with my own work. That is valid. <laughs> so I, uh, I personally gravitate towards those, you know, like wide variety kids shows, <laughs> mm. and it means a lot that I get to be part of them too. Yeah, yeah, it's super cool. I think. All right, guys, that is the end of the episode. You can go and follow Beck's other social media. We hope you guys will follow us at Into the Studio on Twitter and at in at into underscore the studio on instagram you can also find us on youtube at in like the slash into the studio 323 you can like follow subscribe to us and all those other places we hope to see our next episode bye it's january no it's february (laughs) yeah lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.